and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at the case of Fern and Board of Trustees of the Tate Gallery, and the citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 4. In this case that we are looking at this week is one that has been in the news on and off for the past few years. It has not been a serious news item, but for legal minds, the decision will mean a lot when it comes to the law of nuisance. As you likely know, the Tate Modern is an art gallery in London. In 2016, it opened up a new extension called the Blavatnik Building. It is 10 storeys high, and at the top there is a viewing platform that offers visitors a panoramic view of the capital. Unfortunately, there is also a block of flats that is near the Tate Modern, and some of the flats are at the same height as the viewing platform with glass walls. At this point, you can probably work out what the claim is all about. From the south side of the viewing platform, visitors to the Tate Modern could see right inside the flats of the claimants, and would often take great interest in the lives of the people living in the building. When the case originally went to trial, it was found that more than half a million people accessed the viewing platform each year, and a lot would peer into the flats, many would take photos and post them online, and in some instances binoculars were even used. The claimants requested that the court either issue an injunction that required the Tate to prevent visitors from viewing the flats, or to award damages. That request was denied in the High Court, and then in the Court of Appeal, so the claimants now appeal to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. Now, this case is all about the law of nuisance, and so the justices began by outlining the core principles. In simple terms, nuisance is a use of land that wrongfully interferes with the ordinary use and enjoyment of neighbouring land. In order to reach the legal threshold of nuisance, the interference must be substantial, as judged by the standard of the ordinary person on the street. However, and importantly, even if there is found to be substantial interference, a defendant will not be liable if all they are doing is making an ordinary use of their own land. What constitutes an ordinary use then depends on the local area, for example if the land is an industrial or residential area. When it comes to nuisance though, it is not a defence to say that the use of the land was reasonable, or that it benefited the public in some way. If the use of the land does benefit the public in some way, then that may be a relevant consideration when it comes to the courts providing a remedy, but it doesn't preclude a finding of nuisance. So how was all of this applied to the proceedings that we have in front of us today? Well, as was the situation last week, the case was only decided by a slim majority of 3 to 2. The majority noted the trial judge's findings that the flats are under near constant surveillance by visitors to the viewing platform. With many of those hundreds of thousands of visitors taking photos and putting them on social media, it is fair to say that the ordinary person would consider that a significant level of intrusion. Furthermore, even if the Tate Modern does operate as an art gallery, it is not a common and ordinary use of the land to invite members of the public to the top floor where they can enjoy panoramic views of London. As such, the majority held that the gallery is liable in nuisance and they remitted the case back to the High Court to decide upon an appropriate remedy. On the other hand, the minority felt that these proceedings raised two linked questions. Firstly, is it possible, in principle, 
for the tort of private nuisance to apply in the case of a residential property that is subject to the visual intrusion of people looking into the living areas. And secondly, if that is possible, have the residents established that there is an actionable private nuisance because of that intrusion? In answer to the first question, the minority were happy to accept that it is possible, in principle, for there to be a nuisance when a residential property is subjected to a visual intrusion. When it comes to the second question, the minority held that the answer is dependent on principles of reciprocity and compromise, plus a standard of objective reasonableness that is based on the character of the relevant locality, instead of focusing on whether the use of land is ordinary. Those justices went on to note that the trial judge is in a better position to answer that second question, and that he was entitled to find that it was possible for the residents to take normal screening measures to reduce the visual intrusion, and so the Tate had not committed a nuisance. It is interesting because that finding by the minority was in contrast to the view of the majority who felt that the trial judge had actually made three errors of law. Firstly, it was said that the judge applied the wrong test because they asked whether the Tate was making unreasonable use of the land instead of whether it was merely common and ordinary use. Secondly, the judge had pointed out at trial that the residents had exposed themselves to the visual intrusion by choosing to live in flats with glass walls. The problem with this conclusion is that the Tate Modern is using its land in an abnormal and unexpected way, and it is no defence to a claim in nuisance to then come along and argue that there would not have been a nuisance if the property had been designed or constructed in a different fashion. Finally, as we just mentioned, the judge had decided that it was reasonable to expect the claimants to take measures to avoid being seen by the viewing platform, but this wrongly placed the burden on the claimants to mitigate the defendant's abnormal use of their land. Even beyond this, the majority held that the Court of Appeal also made its own errors. This was because, while that court did recognise the errors of the trial judge, they nevertheless found that the claim by the residents must fail because mere overlooking cannot give rise to a claim in nuisance. While it is true that a person cannot claim there is a nuisance merely because their flat is overlooked by another building, that is not the nature of the claim in this case. Here the Tate Modern is actively inviting members of the public to access the viewing platform and look out across the city. From that vantage point they can, and do, peer into the flats of the claimants and the gallery permits this for most of the day, every day of the week. This goes beyond mere overlooking, and can therefore certainly give rise to a claim in nuisance. When it comes to assessing this decision, I think the key word that comes up over and over again is reasonable. In other words, what you think about the claim will depend on what you consider to be reasonable in the circumstances. For example, you could easily read the judgment of Lord Leggett, and agree that requiring the claimant to take reasonable steps to mitigate the effect of the viewing platform is no defence to nuisance. As was pointed out in the judgment, the visual intrusion is for most hours of the day, every day of the week, and so it does not seem fair to ask the residents to live behind curtains all that time. On the other hand, this is a glass block of flats in a busy area of London, next to a prominent tourist spot. So it's perhaps easy to see why the claim failed in lower courts, 
even if the Supreme Court held that the sensitivity of the building is not a defence. In any case, because views can differ so much in this area and other aspects of tort law, it is useful to have a general restatement of principles handed down by the Supreme Court. Case law in this area has become pretty sporadic, and so to the extent that the trial judge did make errors of law, it is understandable. Nevertheless, while the Supreme Court did help make clarifications in that one sense, they may have also opened the door to a slew of new litigation by finding that visual intrusion can be the basis for a claim in nuisance. Now, it's true that the justices made clear that mere overlooking will not be enough for a claim, but there is a vast middle ground between simply being able to see into a neighbour's property and setting up a viewing platform that is visited by half a million people per year for the courts to explore. In the end, Fern and Tate Gallery might end up being a rather unique decision based on the specific circumstances of the case. But in the meantime, the law of nuisance continues to develop. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks, including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week in the newsletter, we considered whether the former police officer and serial rapist David Carrick deserved a whole life order. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!